Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Summer's a great time to start planning for the freelance career of your dreams. And there's no better way to do that than joining us for our fourth annual Summer Freelance Summit. We've brought together industry experts in this live virtual summit to teach you about the newest and most actionable techniques in productivity, finance, staying focused, scaling your income, and more. It's all going down July 18th, 19th, and 20th, and believe me, you don't want to miss it. Now, Comprehensive Copywriting Academy students, you already know that you get to attend this event for free. But if you're not a CCA student, you can still get yourself a seat. Visit summerfreelancesummit.com for more details, speaker lineup, and if you're not a CCA student, your chance to get a ticket before they're gone. We'll see you there. Hey there, it's Ginger coming at you from Western PA, where, small miracle, it is actually sunny today. My win is that my website is done. Super stoked. So excited. Check out the latest episode right here. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. My name is Nikki Krozik, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to give you the tips, tools, and training to help you craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Yay! That's awesome, Ginger. Congratulations. Yeah. And frankly, as someone who needs to redo her website, I'm super envious, super proud of you. That's huge. Yeah. Big step. Good work. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Good to see you. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, today we're going to talk about copy. Well, okay, we are. But (laughs) we're going to talk about content as it relates to being a copywriter. I think so very quickly before we go into it, a lot of you are already familiar with this, but let's cover the difference between copy and content. Um, So Kate, copy is designed, I don't know why I'm saying this to you as if you don't know. (laughs) Please explain it to me. (laughs) Kate, I've been really concerned. You've been a copywriter for over a decade and and it's finally time I tell you. So copy is writing that's designed to sell or to persuade. Um, It's in emails, it's on websites, but it's generally designed to either get people to take an action or even sometimes to think differently about something. But it has, a, it has um, you're trying to literally sell something, 
perhaps, or to persuade. And it could be to, to sign up for a, an email list or to watch a video or to read something or something like that. But that's what copy is all about. Mm-hmm. Content, which we want to make sure we make this distinction because a lot of people uh, don't understand the difference and there really is a very big difference. Content is writing that is designed to entertain, to inspire, or to educate. So these are your blog posts. This is your um, 50 great trips to take in 2021. Or this is your how to your to, backyard. To your backyard. Um, no, I'm getting out. If, I, if we can travel, I'm going. Um, or how to rewire your living room chandelier. Um you know, that kind of thing. Uh, or to, again, to inspire, you know, how to, how to, that could be the, the travel one. Um, but you get where I'm going. All the, the blog posts, that kind of thing, entertain. Yeah. They're like your quizzes that you might take of, you know, which, which Harry Potter house am I in? You know, if the sorting hat is put on my head, where will I end up? Gryffindor, Slytherin, Hufflepuff. Yeah. And the whole purpose of that is to get you to interact uh, with an entertaining one. It's to get you to stay on that site and to mm-hmm. interact with that site. And uh, to educate might be to get you to stay with that site and to, to um, but it could be potentially to use the company's products or how to use a company's product or all kinds of purposes for content. But content is not designed to sell or to mm-hmm. persuade. There are some gray areas, um, things like uh, advertorials, which kind of seem like they're an article, but they're really been paid for. And so they're definitely skewed a little bit. Um, so there are some slightly gray areas, but even with an advertorial, the main purpose is to get you to click through those links and book that trip to the Magic Kingdom or, or whatever. If it's an advertorial about six rides you have to take at Disney. Mm-hmm. So there's really a big difference between the two. And if you um, want to know more, head back in the episodes. We have a whole episode on copy versus content. That's definitely worth worth checking out. Exactly. If you're still a little hazy, go back and take a look. Um, I think that some copywriters uh, get a little concerned because they think, oh my gosh, now I'm going to be a copywriter. Does that mean that I can't write content anymore? Or if I have had some experience writing content, maybe I've written a blog post for wherever, um, does that mean that that's, that's not useful for me anymore? So I think one of the concerns people, some people have when they start writing copy is, hey, I actually kind of liked writing content. Is that something I can still do as a copywriter since the two are very different? And or if I have some, some content samples, maybe I started out doing content and then wanted to move into copywriting, do I just, are those useless now? What do I, what do, I do with them, if anything? Yeah. So a, those samples aren't useless. Chat about where those end up in your portfolio. You definitely want to start looking at which ones are your best, though. You don't want to have a portfolio with 50 content samples and two copywriting samples. Um, and on the other hand, if you are a copywriter, maybe wanting to get into content or a client asks you to do some content, which frankly will probably happen at some point, one of your copy clients is going to want you to write a blog post or write an article. And so absolutely, you as a copywriter, your skills as a copywriter are going to make you a far more effective content writer. And if you're a content writer looking to break into copy, know that the things you learn as a copywriter are going to make your content that much better. Because as a copywriter, you're trained to be really succinct and be really judicious with your word choices. And that makes content even stronger. You know, we've all read blog posts where it's like, 
ooh, these these folks said the same thing five different times and you could have gotten to the point a lot faster. And so those skills you learn as a copywriter, you'll be able to make more engaging and more effective pieces of content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and one thing I want to make very clear too is because your content for your client is going to be more effective, is going to be more strategic, you are not going to be charging a different rate. Mm-hmm. If your client wants you to write content, wants you to write a blog post here and there, um, you're going to be charging your copywriter rate because it's the same copywriter brain that's doing both the copy and the content. Um, you know, and it, it may be for a for a client that it doesn't make financial sense for them to hire you to do all of their content, which Thank goodness. I'll do it for one client here or there, but I don't love writing content. Um, and thank God they don't want me to do it so because I have to turn them down left and right. Um, but you know, it may make sense for your client to have you write one or two pieces of content that are really pillar pieces of content. Um, the kinds of content that they're going to be driving traffic to maybe the really important pieces of content for their business. And then they hire a content writer at a much lower rate to come in and write and flesh out the rest of their blog, something like that. But when you as a copywriter are, are writing content, you're going to charge for content at your copywriting rate because it's your same strategic, insightful, uh, concise brain that is doing that work. Yeah. So as an example, talking about pillar pieces of content that Nikki was saying that you might drive traffic to. So these are pieces like, say, for example, you you have a financial advisor client. They're, they're financial advisors and that's their bread and butter. So their article that might be a really good piece of content that they'd want to drive traffic to would be, why do you hire a financial advisor? What's What are the five perks of hiring a financial advisor? And then potentially at the end of that blog post, you might have you know, a call to action that says, connect with us. You know, Let's chat about what we as financial advisors can do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that might be something that they want to try to rank and search results to be, you know, why would I get a financial advisor? And then you go straight to these folks page. Yeah, exactly. And that's where that strategy comes in because yes, it's a piece of content and it's a piece of educational content, but throughout the content, you really kind of want to seed the value of a financial advisor so that by the end of it, they're like, Ooh, yeah, I do need to hire a financial advisor. I'm going to click this button. Whereas an article that's much more like five best credit cards for this financial Mm -hmm. advisor, because it just, it's, it's content and it's useful educational to have on their website. And they might get people who out on the internet, find this article and end up back on their website, which can be a great reason to have a bunch of content on your site, but it's not integral to their business. And so it doesn't have a greater purpose to drive people to, to get in touch with, with these financial advisors. It's a great example game. So if you're going to write content for a client, or excuse me, if you're going to write content here and there, um, or if you have previous examples of content, where are you going to put that on your website? Not with your copy samples, please. Uh, (laughs) You're going to, you know, it obviously depends on how your portfolio is structured and laid out. Everyone has different sites, but you if you're using Squarespace or Wix and the templates that you're using. But in general, you'll have a portfolio section. And within that, you might have your copy section and then your content section. So you want it very clearly labeled that this is content. Sometimes you'll see people refer to it as long form copy. I don't really like that. 
It's not the same thing. It's yeah. content has a different purpose than copy does. And quite frankly, I will tell you too, nothing marks you as an amateur quicker than labeling your content as copy mm-hmm. or mixing the two in. If you say, oh, I'm a copywriter and your website is for copywriting and they go over to your portfolio and you have content mixed in with your copy, um, it's very clear that you don't understand the difference. And you want to make it very clear to anyone who comes in, in touch or comes in contact with your portfolio that you know the difference. Yep. So that content's going to be in that separate section. And then as we mentioned earlier, you don't want to fill it with tons and tons and tons of pieces. You want to pick maybe, you know, depending who you're working with and what samples you have, a handful max, I would say. Um, you know, and especially if you've done you know, 10, 20 with one industry or vertical or one type of voice, then pick your best one from that. Mm-hmm. And if that's all you've done, maybe you pick two from that. But if you have different industries, okay, then maybe you pluck three, four. I wouldn't necessarily go beyond five. Um, mm-hmm. And so and people are probably saying, your portfolio has more than, yes, my portfolio needs to be overhauled badly. And so you're going to want to take screenshots of these as well. I think there's a temptation to, um, because it's content, because these are longer pieces to direct people to where it's published on the internet. But as with copy, those links can break. People can change the copy. You don't know what the experience is going to be when someone gets there. And even if you say, oh, I'll check the link, I'll check the link. At a certain point, you will forget about it. And it's not something you want to have to do and have to spend time on. And if you check the link, that's great. That's great. But if they take the piece down, you know, if they restructure how their business yep. works or they're restructuring their content, they want to take down the old content, they take the piece down, you can check the link, but you're not going to have any place to link them to when you realize that that link doesn't go to your blog post anymore because they got rid of it or they did something or who knows where they put it. So yes, to Kate's point, you have, as with copy, you want screenshots. Don't send them off to look at your samples somewhere else. And also too, strategically, you want to keep people on your website. Yep. You, anytime you have the opportunity, you give people the opportunity to leave your website. There's, they also get the opportunity to forget about you and start doing something else. And that's not what you want them to do. So keep them on your website. Yep. And you still want that opportunity, just as you would with your copy samples, to explain how you approach this project, why it was so important, the goal, how you solved it. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point, Kate. Just the way that you explain your thinking and how you solve the challenge with your copy um, project, you want to do those with your content projects as well, which is why it's really important that you make sure that you only have your best pieces up there. Like Kate was saying, it could be really tempting, especially if you don't have a ton in your portfolio yet, to put up all of the pieces you've done. So it looks like you've done a whole lot of work, Um, but it's actually not that impressive when you get to someone's portfolio and it's just a whole bunch of work for one client. Mm -hmm. Um, It actually, frankly, looks a lot more impressive if you cull it down to one or two pieces for a client. Um, And to Kate's point, you know, if you have great, you have one great piece from each client and three or four clients on your content side, great. Similarly too with copy, you know, if you do a whole bunch of copy for one client, you don't necessarily want to include every single web page you did for that client. You want to include your best ones, the stuff yeah. that you really want to highlight and you really want to show your clients or your, your future clients, your potential clients. And if you really want to enumerate it or indicate to your potential clients that you have more work, you can certainly do that. So if you've worked with a client, hey, I worked with them from 2012 to 2016, 
and did X number of projects or whatever it is so that people know, okay, this is obviously a sample. And you can even Mm -hmm. use that language. Hey, this is a sampling. If you want more, I'm happy to, you know, if you're looking for something specific, contact me and I can definitely, you know, grab it for you. So that's what I do. I put some sort of language like that so folks know, because honestly, some clients don't even spend the time calling through your portfolio to find what they want and what they're looking for. So they might email it. Hey, do you have anything that represents this industry? Or, Hey, do you have any emails? Hey, do you have any of this medium? And so you can then grab it, have, have fit in your, you know, whether you use Dropbox or some other, we always recommend, you know, not on the desktop because things can go poof and the computer breaks, but so whatever cloud storage you want to use are using store it there and make sure you have some sort of system for making it easy to find those samples when a client asks for them. So you're not like, where are they? No, I have them. And now I got to go try to screenshot it and hope the website's still there. Do it as you finish screenshot, save it in that file. And then you just have that repository if you ever need it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you are a writer who has maybe written some content in the past, or maybe has kind of thought, oh, I want to try content writing. Um, Don't worry. You can be a copywriter and still take content projects every now and again. Or also, by the way, you, if you've done, if you've been a content writer and you've done a lot of content, um, you can scale back. You can focus more on copywriting and you can either do one or two content projects if a client asks you to, or this is your career. So you get to decide exactly what you want to do. You can do no content products, mm-hmm. uh, co- content projects if you don't want to. Like I said, I don't love it anymore. Maybe years and years and years ago, it was a little bit more fun. Um, but now it's it has to be a very special client for me to be available. And that's another good reason to have a network of writers. Because if you don't want to do it, maybe you know another writer who is willing to do it. And then you have a great referral. And then they can keep working. Then that person can take on all the content and you can still, you can keep doing the, the meaty, exciting copywriting. And there you have it. So we will catch you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the build your copywriting business podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it. If you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review, I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.